Pilate. It's been a long while since we've been in the book of Ephesians. We finished off with verse 21 last time, and so that was before Christmas time. I can't remember how far back it was, but it was a long while ago. So we come back today and pick it up in uh, chapter 5 and verse 22 of Ephesians. Which is always a tough passage of scripture to start with, let alone to uh, preach any time. But we're going to embark upon this next section of Ephesians today. Let's pray. Grace, thank you for the privilege we have of being together in this place. Father, we thank you that Christ indeed lives and he lives within us. We thank you, Father, that we have a great and powerful God who watches over us and guides us. And we thank you, Father, for your word which you gave unto us that we might comprehend you, may understand your Son and his salvation. We may, Father God, receive instructions for daily living. Father, today as we come around your word, would you pray that you bless our time in your word. Lord, give us clarity of thought and allow us, Father God, to understand your truth. Give me wisdom, I pray, from on high that I might uh, just be able to take your word and speak it clearly. Father, may we receive you that which you have for us today, that we might indeed leave this place singing your praise and saying, Hallelujah, what a saviour. Bless now, Father God, as we look into your word, and we pray that, Lord, you receive all the praise and all the glory. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> There's no doubt that we live in a society today where marriage is looked upon in some parts as something rather than wonderful, as something that is an embarrassment and is something that uh, uh, people don't get involved in. This is because many of today's marriages are in dreadful shape. Anything other than pessimistic comments make people uneasy with the subject of marriage. What is the problem? Why is it that marriage has gained such an unpopular uh, description in many parts of our society? Well, I think part of the problem is that we live in a sinful world where nothing is perfect and nothing is as ideal as we'd like it to be. And marriage, by its very nature, opens up to disappointment and even to hurts because two per imperfect human beings are in a relationship together trying to live in an imperfect world for the glory of God. But I do think the chief problem, however, is that we've forgotten God's guidelines for marriage. So we see marriage breakdowns because we disregard, because mankind disregards the manufacturer's instructions for the maintenance of good marriages. And so we have in society an increasing divorce rate. We have in society an increasing de facto relationships of people living together. And we have marriages that just simply aren't what they ought to be. And it's because marriage in general has failed to follow the maintenance manual, maintenance instructions of God's rule book. So the place to start discussion of marriage is with the fact that marriage was God's idea in the first place. 
And as such, it's a good idea because when God looked at all his creation, he saw that it was good. You remember in chapter 2 and verse 18, when he looked at Adam, he said it was not that Adam should be alone. And he created a helpmeet for him, created a, a wife for him, he created for Adam Eve. And then God said everything that he created was good, so therefore, by implication, marriage is good. Regardless of what mankind might think about marriage, marriage is good. And that ma failed marriage is therefore a result of our failure rather than God's failure. Because God intended for marriage to be something wonderful. He intended for marriage to be something good. He intended marriage to be something that people enjoyed. A real failure is that we do not follow God's directions for marriage. And this is what Paul is concerned about in Ephesians chapter 5, here from verse 22 on to the end of the chapter. For here he gives instructions first for the wife and then for the husband. And we're going to start today where he starts with the duty of the wife and then next time we'll have a look at the duty of the husband. So uh, husbands, we can sip date a little bit while we talk about the wives. But then we'll get the men next week. So uh, wives, we'll get on to them uh, eventually. But you know, it says here in verse 22 that the duty of the wife is simply to submit. Wives, submit yourselves and your own husbands as unto the Lord. Her duty is to submit. So I want, first of all today, to consider what it means to submit. I mean, that's one of those frightening words that uh, seem to scare many of people when we come to this part of the Word of God. And it certainly is not the easiest part of the Word of God to preach as a pastor, particularly when you're a man speaking to ladies. Okay, That is always a tough place to be. But the Lord put in His Word, the wife submit to yourselves and your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, he is Christ the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So what it means to submit. In the very thought of being submissive or being subject to one's husband, often negative feelings within many capable, intelligent women. Many to think of submit for many think of submission as merely being that she is inactive, she's significant, she is a doormat that somebody is a, a second-class citizen within the family. But if you study God's Word, God's Word shows something completely different. It shows the submission has a completely different meaning. It has nothing to do with the wife being inactive, insignificant, inferior, or a doormat. That's not what God means by submission. To be submissive means simply to yield. The dictionary defines it this way, it's humble and intelligent obedience to an ordained power or authority. It's humble and intelligent obedience to an ordained power or authority. So what God is saying here to the ladies is he's saying that you are to submit to God's ordained authority or God's ordained power in the marriage relationship. So who is that authority within the relationship? Well, verse 
23, 22 explains that. It says, Wives, submit yourselves and your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the wife. He was Christ, the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. The husband is God's ordained authority within the home. Now we need to understand this. Men are the head of the home not because we're smarter than our wives. We're the head of the home not because we're better looking than our wives. We're not the head of the home because we're capable than our wives. In fact, the reality is in many one of those things, our wives are much more intelligent, much more capable, and a whole lot better looking than we are. We're not the head of the home because God said that I'm going to make men more intelligent than women, therefore men are the ones that are going to be the home. It's simply because God gave us that responsibility. God said that within the marriage relationship, one must be the head and one must be in that second position and I'm going to give that role to men. And therefore our role is to lead and God says the wife's role is to submit. In fact, verse 23 explains why 22 exists. Why is it the wife is submit to her own husband? And notice, unto your own husband and nobody else's husband. You're to submit to your own husband as in the Lord. Why? Because the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ, the head of the church, and the Savior of the Lord. The reason why you're to submit is because God made man the head. And we also need to understand that submission does not imply inferiority. You're not inferior because you are to submit. You're not inferior because you are not the head of the home, ladies. Submission never means inferiority. Submission means that there is a division of responsibility as there is within the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we say that God the Father is uh, the first person of the Godhead, God the Son the second person of the Godhead, God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. In fact, we have a term for the Spirit's relationship. We say that he eternally proceeds from the Father and the Son. He doesn't act independently of the will of the Father and the Son. And the Son is in submission to the Father. And yet, the Bible teaches that all three are equal in essence. But they're distinct in person. person, Second person, third person of the Godhead. And there is no implication within that personage of the Godhead within the Trinity there is no implication with the submission of the Son, the submission of the Spirit to the Father that somehow they are inferior to the Father for the Bible says they are equally God God the Father is God, God the Son is God, God the Holy Spirit is God what God is they all are simply because one's in submission to the other member of the Godhead does not make them inferior simply means the division of responsibility. It simply teaches the necessity for order and for structure, for the division of responsibility in the home. The home can't have two heads, just like any corporation can't have two heads, just like any government can't have heads. So we need to understand what God means when he says, wives submit to your own husbands. To do that, we must first see what it's not. What doesn't it mean? Now, by far the most common misconception of the wife's response of admits is that, as I said, it indicates superiority. 
And yet that what the word here means, not what the English word means, and it's certainly not what the Greek word that's used here in Ephesians chapter 5 means. The Greek word that's used here in Ephesians 5, permit, in no way implies a difference in essence or some kind of inferiority. Go with me to Luke chapter 2 and verse 51. Luke chapter 2 and verse 51. This is talking about Jesus Christ. It says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 51, and he went with them, that's Jesus went with his father and mother and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Both, uh, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. It says that Jesus Christ was subject to Mary and Joseph. And yet was Jesus Christ inferior to Joseph and Mary? In that relationship, who was the superior and who was the inferior in the grand scheme of things? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God, in reality was the superior in the relationship and Joseph and Mary were the inferior. And yet Jesus Christ submits himself to Joseph and Mary and therefore it does not imply this submission cannot imply inferiority. Christ was smarter than them. He was in all wisdom greater than them. He was God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse it says, the head of Christ is God. And yet Jesus Christ is not inferior to God the Father, as we said earlier. You see, the word submission does not mean that Christ is inferior to God the Father. Rather, it means that there is a division of responsibility in the Trinity. In like fashion, the submission of the wife in no way implies inferiority, ladies. You're not inferior. Nor does this word of God, nor does the word of God imply that you are inferior. Instead, it teaches the necessity for order. It teaches the necessity for structure. It teaches them for a division and responsibility within the home. Submission is all about having a head and a second and a partnership working together that works to the glory of God. It is a matter of responsibility, a matter of function within the home, just as within the Godhead. So what is biblical submission? It's not inferiority. What is it? When it says in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves and your own husbands unto the Lord. And in verse 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so that let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. What does this word submission mean? Well, the Greek word translate submit in verse 22 is the Greek word hupotasso, which means little to you, except that it is a Greek word. Okay. It's hupotasso is primarily a military term. The word hupotasso, as used in the Greek language, means to rank under. It refers to a functional lining up of relationships. It in no way, the word in itself in no way implies a difference in essence. There is no indication here that the man is of one essence, the woman is of another essence, 
and that somehow they are two different beings. In fact, if you remember, Eve was created. Adam, God took a rib of Adam's and he created Eve. In fact, you know her name originally was called Adam. You can read Genesis chapter 4. They were both called Adam. They were equal. They were created equally. And the word submission, hubertasso, has no indication within it of any kind of, of, uh, of inferior uh, being within that, any difference in essence. It's a military term. It's like this, you know, the general in the army is not necessarily smarter or more able than the privates. In fact, many a private will think that their generals are less smart than them. But, you know, you may have a situation between time of war where uh, something happens, where there's conscription, and you may well find that someone who has a doctorate is a private, and someone who is a career soldier is the general, and the man with the doctorate may well, or the woman with the doctorate may well, be superior knowledge than the one who's the general. But the idea is that someone must lead. And so we appoint generals in our army who must lead, and then there are those underneath them, down to, you know, lieutenants and sergeants and, and privates, and they are all come under the authority of the general. The private ranks under the general, the lieutenant ranks under the general, the sergeant ranks under the general. It simply is a ranking under. It's got nothing to do with essence. It's got nothing to do with how smart the people are. People don't pick their armies based upon their smarts. When you join the army, you join as a private. You can work your way through the ranks. But while you are anything other than a general, you're in submission to the general. You're in ranking under them. And that's the word that's used here in Ephesians. You know, it's significant that nowhere in the New Testament is the word obey used in reference to the wife. Obey is a different Greek word, hupakuo, which means to answer, to attend, or to obey. It's significant that when the word obey is used, with the context of the family, Obedience is used, this word obey is used, of children. Children, obey your parents, Ephesians chapter 6. It's also used of slaves, but it's never used of the wife. See, wife is not a slave. She's not supposed to be standing in the center of the house waiting for her husband to command her and she's willing to do his every wish and he's there saying, do this, get that, go over here, fix me this. You know, is my dinner ready? Is my lunch ready? Are my slippers ready? Or whatever it might be, have you got my newspaper? It's not that case. That's not what this word means. It's not about the husband being the little dictator of his kingdom sitting in the corner in his easy chair, barking at orders to the wife because she has to obey. That word is never used in the New Testament of the wife. She's to rank under. She's to submit, but she's not a slave. The relationship between the wife is more intimate, more personal, more vital 
than that of a slave or even of a child. The Greek word submit, kupotasso, refers to the function of leadership and the authority of leadership in the home. Someone has to be in charge. Someone has to protect. Someone has to provide. Someone has to preserve. Someone has to care for. Someone has to be the leader in the home. And God designed that that be the man. God designated and said that in the home relationship between a husband and wife, the husband is the head. And I'm sure every wife from time to time has wondered about God's wisdom in that regard. And I thought to her, said, you know, herself that she thought to herself, I could do a better job than him, and if I was in charge, I certainly could do a better job, and that's probably true. But God gave that responsibility to men, and he asked the ladies to rank under. Submission has nothing to do with who is most capable of leading the home. Someone has to function as head, and God says that's the man. And by the way, let me say here, men, if you're smart, you'll listen to your wives. While we may have been given the authority to be the head of the home, often she has a lot more wisdom and insight than we would ever have when it comes to leading the home. And a smart leader listens to the rank under him and then evaluates what was said by those who rank under him and makes decisions based upon that collective knowledge. And I know I'm not preaching the men today, but I think, men, we need to understand that. You know, we need to get our heads around the fact that this word submission does not mean that you and I somehow are smarter than our wives and that somehow you and I are more intelligent than our wives or you and I have a better knowledge of how to run things than our wives. More than often, she is a lot more intelligent, a lot smarter, and has a lot more wisdom. There's something about her having a sixth sense that is real. And smart husbands listen to their wives, to those who rank under us and make decisions based upon that smart knowledge. You know, sometimes our wives can make pretty good because they have a lot more wisdom than we do and then we go out and make that decision and we look to our kids like, wow, dad's smart. But really we've just been, well, we are. We listen to our wives. Because you see, this idea of submission has nothing to do with authority. It has nothing to do with you being smarter than your wife and a wife being dumber than you. It has to do with the fact that God said, wives submit because the husband is my choice for head. That's what this word submission means. And ladies, it shouldn't scare you. It shouldn't make you feel somewhat vulnerable. It shouldn't make you feel like you're a second-class citizen because that's not what God intended. God simply asks for you to rank under the leadership placed above you, your own husband, not somebody else's husband, your own husband. So the meaning of submission, now let's look secondly at the manner of submission. So in verse 22 it says, Why submit yourselves and your own husbands as unto the Lord? Now wifely submission is a spiritual matter. And it's to be done as unto the Lord. What the Bible is saying here in Ephesians chapter 5 is simply this. Refusal to submit to your husband is therefore refusal to submit to God himself. 
In a very real sense, submission to the husband is a test of the wife's loyalty and love for God. As well as a test of her love for her husband. But primarily, this is about your relationship to the Lord. What has God asked you to do? And if you love him, you will do this as unto the Lord. You see, the the Bible is saying to ladies that the wife must look upon her submission to her husband as an act of obedience to Christ, not merely as an act of submission to her husband, but this is about obeying the Lord. The word obedience is referred to the wife's relationship to God, not her relationship to her husband. In obedience to God, you are to submit. Not in obedience to your husband, in obedience to God, you are to submit. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus Christ said this, If you love me, keep my commandments. And here is a command, here is one of those commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ to every woman who is married. It says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Here's my command to you. And if you love me, Christ says, you will keep my commandments. Therefore, submit yourself unto your own husbands. In other words, wise, when you submit to your husband, you're doing it. should be doing it unto the Lord. It shouldn't be through clenched teeth. It shouldn't be, you know, a case of, oh, do it. Well, it's really rough. If you only knew what I'm sacrificing to listen to, to submit to that man, then... So what's supposed to be going on here? What's supposed to happen is you're supposed to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and because you love him, you want to keep his commandments, and because you want to keep his commandments, you're going to submit yourself to the husband that God has given you, even though he may not be as smart as you, even though he may not be as... In- as uh, able as you, you are going to submit to him because that's what God has asked you to do. Wives, you're to submit as unto the Lord. As if you're serving the Lord. Your submission is an act of service to Christ. This is a God-ordained plan for the wife. Submission is primarily not an action or a behavior, or an external compliance. Submission is first and foremost an attitude, and in a desire that is expressed through the Spirit. You love God, and therefore you want to submit to His commands. You want to obey Him, therefore you're going to be submissive in the home to your head, which is your husband, to the glory of God. The submissive wife is one who willingly and cheerfully chooses to align herself with the will of her husband. She willingly ranks herself under her husband and seeks God's glory in the home. Just as Jesus Christ was wholly submissive to the Father. You know, he said in... 34, John 4, 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me to finish his work. Christ's desire while he was here on earth was simply to do the will of the Father. 
He wanted to bring glory to the Father. He wanted to bring honor to his Father. Therefore, he willingly ranked himself under the Father. And so the Son, who is equally God in essence, ranks himself under the Father. He laid aside the independent exercise of his power time he was on earth so that he might be in submission to the Father, that he might indeed do the will of the Father to the glory of the Father while he was on earth. And Jesus Christ willingly ranked himself under the Father for God's glory. Jesus did not serve the Father in the spreading his nation with clenched teeth. He served the Father with gladness. He delighted to do the Father's will. Likewise, why the wife's submission to her husband is to be cheerful, not grudging. Otherwise, it's not submission at all. Have a note to men. Men, we need to realize this, that nowhere in the word of God does God tell you and I we're to make our wives submit. We cannot legally... We cannot scripturally beat them into submission. We cannot force them to submit. There is nowhere in the word of God that God says, Husbands, make your wives submit to you. It doesn't exist in the word of God because God never intended that. God has a command for you and I, and that's found in the next few verses. And we're going to look at that. We're to love our wives. This act of submission is a willful act of the wife's heart to the glory of God as she ranks herself under the God's choice for husband that God has brought into her life. She willingly brings herself in submission to her husband because she wants to obey Almighty God, not because somehow you and I are forcing her to submit. Submission is a command of God, not the jurisdiction of the husband. Spiritually, the counsel is always directed towards the wife. Anytime this word submission is mentioned in connection with the family and the wife, it's always directed to the wife, never the husband. God commands her to submit because she loves God. We're never to demand that of our wives. Scripturally, the counsel is always, as I said, to the wife. In fact, puts it this way in First Peter. He says, her submission is an ornament of great price. When he's talking about, you know, those things that adorn the wife, and he talks about, you know, it's not the outward adorning of the wife, such as apparel and gold and precious jewels, but it's the inward adorning of the heart. That inward adorning of the heart, part of the inward adorning of the heart, is her submissiveness to her husband. That demonstrates her love for God. It's what is fitting in the Lord. It is what the Lord requires of a godly wife. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. Let's go there, please. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. In verse 4, we're told the, the older women are to teach the women to be sober, to love their husband, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keep us at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And by the way, that's not the same word as for children. It's a different word, okay? Um, the, this is where she is to obey the Lord. She submits so the word of God be not blasphemed. In 1 Timothy chapter 
5 and verse 14. 1 Timothy 5, 14, it says this, I will therefore that the young women marry, bear children, guide their house, give not occasion to adversity to speak reproachfully. Here it says that uh, uh, the enemy can have no occasion for reproach. Uh, verse 15, for some have already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman believed, uh, sorry, verses 14 and 15 I will therefore the young women marry bear children guide their house give not occasion to the adversary to speak, speak reproachfully for some have already turned aside after Satan here the word of God teaches really that she's to be a submissive wife or at least she ought to be so that there is no reproach can be brought upon her by the enemy see ladies your submission is not to be based upon your husband's competence it's not to be based upon your husband's ability, his attitudes, or his treatment of you. Your submission is not based on your husband, but are based upon obeying the Lord. Is God worth obeying? If God is worth obeying, then keep his commandments. And one of those commandments is to submit. You can't say or think when he starts loving me the way that he should, then I'll submit to him. God's role for you is not conditional. It's not conditional upon him loving you. This is a command of Almighty God simply saying to you to obey the Lord, you must submit to your husband and that's got nothing to do with how much he loves you or what kind of husband he is. It's a command of God to submit. We're going to see next week the husbands ought to make that job easy because we ought to love our wives. We ought to be what we ought to be as husbands. And if we are the husbands we ought to be, we are making it easier for our wives to be the wife she ought to be. We both have commands to obey. Whether we the man or the woman, it's not conditional. Wives submit to their husbands whether they love them or not, whether they obey the word of God or not. Because your submission is not based on him, but on obeying the Lord. Submission means that the wife uses her talents, her abilities, her resources, her energies, under the management of the husband for the good of the family. Submission means that she sees herself as part of the husband's team. She's not the husband's opponent. She's not fighting at cross purposes, trying to un do him or outdo him it's a partnership so that when the family succeeds as in this partnership she succeeds when the family sees God bless she receives the blessing the submissive wife is one who willingly and cheerfully chooses to align herself with the will of her husband she offers herself as a true helper. Remember when in the garden, when God said it was not good that man should live alone, what he created for Adam was a help meet. Someone who was fit for Adam. Someone who would help meet Adam's needs. Someone who would fulfill, uh, would finish Adam uh, into completeness. Would make up all that he needed to be. God has a man, has a woman, and when he brings them together in marriage, God intends them to be joined together in one flesh and they become a partnership and they're 
uh, uh, the wife as a helpmeet. She helps the husband to be what he can be uh, for the glory of God, to help him to reach his potential for the glory of God. She comes along and aids him in that partnership so that indeed they might together bring glory to God. They raise their children to the glory of God. They might honor the Lord together. Ladies, you bring honor to the Lord by submitting to your own husband in the Lord. Because once we get married, we're no longer individuals going our separate ways. The husband leaves his father and mother and he cleaves unto his wife and they too become one flesh. They're no longer independent souls. They are one flesh. They're functioning together as one unit. And the only way that this works is if the husband loves and the wife submits and together they do it for the glory of God, then they do indeed work as it seemed for his glory. So wives will always have ideas, will always have opinions, they'll always have desires, they'll always have requests, they'll always have insights. As part of the partnership, the wife has a right to have all those things. She's an independent thinking soul. And the wife will lovingly make those things known to her husband. And a smart husband listens to his wife and analyzes what she says. And therefore, husbands, we ought to ask her opinion. Now, I know at times that gets frustrating because you ask her opinion. And she says, I don't know, whatever you want. And the one time you don't ask her opinion because you think that the answer you're going to get is, I don't know, whatever you want, you'll get in trouble because that's the one time she did have an opinion that she wanted to make known. I understand that we can't work that. And when we get to glory, we'll ask the Lord what he made when he made a woman because... She is beyond fathoming as far as men are concerned. But the reality is that she does deserve to have her say because she is an intelligent individual who God's brought into this relationship and we, if we're smart, will listen to her opinions. And then we will act in the best interest of our family to the glory of God as the head. When we've got all the facts received all the input and we don't act like dictators God will be glorified see like in any good team someone has to make the final decision someone has to make the plans and that responsibility falls to the husband God has established laws in many areas of life to enable life to be lived abundantly there are benefits if we follow God's laws there are difficulties if we don't obey God's laws. And if the wife chooses not to follow God's pattern of submission, she will suffer, her husband will suffer, her children will suffer, and the family will suffer. You see, wives, you play a vital role, an indispensable role in the family. And if you fail to live up to your responsibility, if you fail to obey God and keep his commandment in this area, you fail to submit to your husband the degree to which you fail to submit will be a degree to which the family fails. 
God doesn't want the family to fail. He wants it to succeed. So God gets his manual and he says, in order for marriages to be successful, wives must submit, husbands must love, and when we do what God's come us to do, then a family unit will be what God wants it to be. So ladies, may I challenge you today to fill your role as a wife for the glory of God. Ladies, may I challenge you to bring honor to the Lord by submitting to your own husband's leadership. Because if you do, God will get the glory. Next week, I'll preach the easier message. We'll talk to the men. Easier because I'm talking about myself in that sense. Easier to live, but easier to preach. But I trust God will instruct us through his word today with regard to the family unit. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for uh, the challenge, Father, that is given in your word with regard to families. And Lord, while it's uh, a difficult subject to talk about, a difficult subject to preach on, Father God, I do pray that every wife and even every young girl who's looking for marriage would understand what you're saying in your word with regard to the relationship of the wife and the husband. Lord, it's got nothing to do with inferiority. It's got nothing to do with dictatorship. It's got to do with leadership. And it's got to do with partnership. And it's got to do with obeying you. That the home might have harmony. Lord, just bless us through your word this morning, we pray. This we ask in Jesus' name.